Tonight, we're going to be talking about interracial dating and marriages. I am your host, Ursula, and we're going to be diving deep into this conversation. I have a very special guest, which I already introduced, but I'm going to introduce again. It is Shatan Rogers. She is a relationship and transformational life coach on a mission to heal hearts exhausted by love and to spread the message of love. Her purpose is to spread love, speak life into love, and fill hearts with the message of love. She does have a community. It's called The Relationship Blueprint. It is on Clubhouse and on Facebook. She usually does rooms, I believe, on Tuesdays at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which will be 11.30, I guess it'll be 11.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. So thank you, Shatan, for coming. Hey, how are you? Thank you. I am good. I am good. That was a great introduction. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. I appreciate it. Yes. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for coming. So the format is, I'm just going to kind of do a dialogue and conversation with you. And then at the end, um, whoever wants to come up, I'm going to invite them if they have anything to share, if they want to add anything to the conversation. So we're going to get into it. So the question that I want to ask everybody is what if love knows no boundaries, but society still struggles to catch up? Have you ever wondered what happens when love crosses the line society draws? So first of all, let's define what it means by interracial dating and marriage. Interracial dating involves two people who belong to different races or racialized ethnic groups, while interracial marriage is the same thing except between spouses. Shatan, do you know anyone in an interracial relationship or have you ever been in an interracial relationship? I grew up in an interracial family. Wow. <laughs> in a biracial family, yes. And it was... Um, it really did affect me when it came to dating because, you know, it, it, it's just a different experience, you know, being in that dynamic, you know, coming from that dynamic because, you, you know, you, you treat it differently, you know what I'm saying? And so it really affected the way that I date. And I said that I would never, ever, ever date anybody outside of my race, you know, that I would only date black men because I saw the struggle and the struggle is real, you know, just, you know, not knowing much about the black culture, you know, especially when you, you know, come in, in a, a relationship like that, you know, a lot of times they don't teach culture. Uh, and this was way back in the day, girl. Okay. So, you know, it was still, you know, people having problems with, you know, black and white marriages and, you know, kids just being mean, you know, about you being different. And uh, so it had a psychological effect on me. And I, 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 it's taken years of, of coaching uh, me to, to really help me with that mindset because it really messed me up to the point where I even told my girls when they were growing up, don't you, ever ever bring anything home but a black man i don't want to see wow. no mexican i don't want to see no white man. <laughs> i don't want to see nothing but black like i like i told my entire family that like my cousins like i'm like we got to get this white blood you know out of our family so you know, everybody need to have kids with, you know, black men and women. And oh my gosh, it was so bad. And it really did have a psychological effect on me. Wow. Um, thank you for sharing that story. 
Um, we're going to talk a little bit about that um, later on. Um, I just wanted to get into some historical context real quick. The first recorded interracial marriage in the United States was in 1565, and it happened in St. Augustine, Florida. And it was between a free Black woman named Luisa de Abrigo and actually a Spanish man named Miguel Rodriguez. In 1691, the first anti-miscegenation law was passed by the Maryland General Assembly, which criminalized interracial marriage. So I found out that an anti-miscegenation law is a law that enforces racial segregation at the level of marriage and intimate relationships by criminalizing interracial marriage and sometimes also sex between members of different races. I couldn't imagine those laws being in effect today, uh, a lot of people would be locked up. <laughs> in 1960, interracial marriage was forbidden by law in 31 U.S. states. It became legal throughout the United States in 1967, which isn't that long ago. Um, it became legal following the decision of the Supreme Court of the United States under Chief Justice Warren. In the case of Loving versus Virginia, it was ruled that race-based restrictions on marriage violated the Equal Protection Law. There's actually a movie that was done in 1996 um, featuring Layla Rashard. If anybody watched uh, Waiting to Exhale, she was in that movie. So the 1996 movie called Mr. and Mrs. Loving is actually available on free platforms such as Tubi, Amazon, Pluto TV, and YouTube. So wow, what did you think about um, the statistics, Shatan, and the fact that it wasn't even really that long ago that interracial relationships and marriage and dating uh, was approved in the United States. Like there was no type of restrictions in 1967. That's not long ago. And I believe that because like I said, I went through uh, a lot and it was actually my mother, you know, she's the one, you know, that's 50-50, you know, her my grandmother um, was Irish and my grandfather was black. And so they were married in 1945. Wow. So, you know, the amount of mess that they went through. Um, and they were actually, they were living together. They would put, they were set up on a blind date and that you know they hit it off and they were living together and somebody reported them that this you know black and white couple was living together and the police actually came to their house and they were um threatened you know and you know they were told you know basically y'all shouldn't be together but if you are, are going to be together you can't be living together you have to be married um, and so they did end up getting married and, you know, they stayed married until, you know, forever. You know, I was grown with kids and, you know, they were still married, but they ended up having four kids out of their union and I was born in the sixties. So I know it was still a lot of interracial crap going on then, you know, because like I said, I, I had to deal with it. You know, in the 70s, you know, early 70s, you know, when I started school, it was, the, you know, they always had to live in black neighborhoods because the black people would accept my grandmother, you know, but they, 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 my grandfather, 
wasn't accepted in the white neighborhood. So we always, you know, my grandmother always had to live in the black neighborhood. And so it was just always, you know, something, you know, it was just, it was bad. It was just a really, really bad situation. And they, you know, they come a long, a long way since then. But I'm not surprised that, you know, in 1967, it was just really, you know, starting to, to happen um, because I lived there. I lived during that time and it was it was bad. Yeah, I couldn't imagine being in a space where, you know, I had to basically fight for my life. <laughs> I couldn't imagine, you know, um going to my loved one, meaning my spouse or the person that I'm dating, going to their side, I guess, of the world or their neighborhood and not being accepted. I think that that would psychologically have an impact on me. And then it would also cause me to kind of look at my relationship and say, you know, do I really want to go through this? But times have changed since, um, you know, your family and the 60s and uh, in 2013, 12% of newlyweds married someone of a different race. The number has been steadily growing over the years. Six in 10 people say it would be fine with them if a member told them, member of their family told them that they were going to marry someone outside of their race. Since 1967, 3% of all newlyweds were married to someone of a different race or ethnicity. Uh, Black people with the spouse of a different race uh, have more than tripled from 5% in 1980 to 18% in 2015. Among whites, rates have more than doubled from 4% to 11% in 2015. So it seems as though whites are marrying more outside of their race. Um, In 2013, of the 3.6 million adults who got married, 58% were of Native Americans, 28% of Asian Americans, 19% of African Americans, and 7% of white Americans have a spouse whose race was different from their own. One study said that white women married to black men were more likely to report incidents of racial discrimination in public. I definitely believe that. One study said that marriages involving white women and Hispanic men have the highest risk of divorce. Surprisingly, upon my research, I was very surprised. Native Americans have the highest interracial marriage rate among all single race groups. The women are slightly more likely to marry outside than the men, 61% of the females married outside their race compared to the 54% of Native Americans. I was so shocked about that. What do you think about that, Shatan? Uh, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, I, I mean, Native Americans ain't nothing but black folks anyway. Right. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I'm not surprised because, you know, they say, I think it's by the year 20... 50 I think they're saying um you know that um white people will be the minority um and it's a, a lot of you know talk amongst the white community uh where they're trying to keep you know white folks with white folks um you know and consummate uh, within a community to try to raise the numbers because their numbers are just getting lower and lower and lower 
and interracial is supposed to be the number one um race by the year 2050 right wow that is amazing i did not know that um i feel like and another thing that surprised me too was uh the the statistic about white women marrying um black men i thought it was actually the other way around i thought black men marry um more outside of their race than white women um, because it seems like everywhere I turn, when I see an African-American man, he's with someone that's either, you know, Caucasian or Asian-American or something like that. Um, but I do understand the fear that, you know, Caucasians may have because there are a lot of interracial um, couples and children that are being born. And, I, you know, going back to what you were saying about being a product of uh, of an interracial family, I just wonder how the children may have an identity crisis or may be confused. Anytime that I see an interracial child, um, even the ones that have grown up and become adults, like if they have black in their family, like they'll identify with the black part versus the Caucasian part or Asian part or whatever, the other part, because I think that um, African-Americans are more accepting versus the other cultures. Um, So I always, my question is like, how psychologically, as you were talking about earlier, how do you, as a product of an interracial relationship, how do you navigate through that? Because it's like, you know, am I white? Am I black? Like for me, I am an immigrant child. And when I say that, both my mother and my father are from Nigeria. So I was born in the States. So growing up, and I also grew up around um, Caucasian people. So I didn't really grow up around black people. So growing up, I was always trying to identify who I was. Here's this kid that had parents with an accent and had a weird last name, you know, around um, people who their hair wasn't curly. I always had my hair in braids. You know, I always thought that my nose was too big for my face. You know, I wasn't skinny enough. Like how, how would you, if you had a client who was like, you know, Shatan, I don't know how to deal with this. This is something that I'm thinking about. I'm dating someone outside my race. And we want to have kids. Like, how do you work with somebody who has those type of questions? Um, I actually just worked with a client for a year um, that had um, a five-year-old uh, bi- uh, biracial son, and she met somebody while I was coaching her, um, and uh, he was black as well, and they just had a baby as well. My biggest thing is if you, whatever other culture um, that you're with, you know, back in the day, they said, if you had a drop of black blood, you were black. So of course, you know, I I identify or try to identify more uh, with, you know, being black. And then again, especially living and having to live in black areas. Um, But race wasn't talked about in our house, you know? So for a long time, I didn't know color. 
you know, I didn't know, even though I was in a black neighborhood and my grandmother was different, I just looked at her as my grandmother. Even though my mother's hair was different and she looked different, I just looked at her like, that's my mama. Um, so race wasn't talked about in our home. Um, and so I feel that that's a disadvantage. I feel that if you are going to be in an interracial relationship, that child, you know, or the, the children in the family, they need to be educated on both sides. You can't put blinders on them and put rose colored glasses on them and then put them out in the world because it's unrealistic. And when I found out that my grandmother was white, I was, I was probably about eight years old, about seven or eight years old. And I was outside playing with the kids and we, you know, playing jump rope, you know, we playing double dutch, right? And um, this mean girl came over, you know, because the black kids just used to be mean to me, just period. Like they would, because they didn't understand, right? And she was so mean and she came over there and I'm jumping and she stopped the rope. And everybody looked at her and they was, you know, she was like, don't play with her. Don't play with her. Don't be playing rope with her, you know, because she, you know, she, um, she, she white, you know, she white. And, and I'm looking at her and I'm like, what the heck is white? Right. Wow. Like, you know, I ain't know what it was. Right. Um, cause again, we didn't talk about color in my house. And, um, so all the kids looking at her like, well, we've been playing with her. Like, this is our friend. Right. Like we always play rope with her every weekend when she come over here. So anyway, this girl just kept on and I, she just made me feel like it was something wrong. Right. I didn't know what was wrong, but it just felt like something was wrong. I'm like, okay, well, this must be a bad thing. And she was like, you know, just pay, you know, her grandmother, her grandmother, watch her grandmother, you know, her grandmother is white, her grandmother's white. So I'm just like, I ran in the house. I'm like crying. I'm like crying hysterically. Um, you know, like, you know, I ran to my grandmother and I'm like, grandma, grandma, you know, you're not white. Are you, you're not white. And she looked at me and she said, where did you get that from? And I said, because the kids outside, you know, that girl is telling the kids not to play with me because, you know, because I'm white and you white and, you know, this, that and the other. And I'm just crying and I'm crying. And so she, you know, she held me and she looked at me and she said, do you know what that means? And I said, no, no, I don't know what it means. I just know, you know, she keeps saying it, Aww. you know, and, uh, and so she said. Well, don't worry about, you know, what she's saying. And she still didn't have the conversation with me, but it made me aware. You know what I'm saying? I, I know after that, I noticed that she was different than everybody else. Like that girl took my, 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 um, childhood virginity innocence from me. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> Cause I was living in my, my own little rose colored world, you know, it, it, you know, it didn't bother me none. You know, I didn't consider myself different, you know. Um, but, you know, again, it's just not something that was talked about in our house. Even, you know, once we started getting older, you know, and understanding, they just would not talk about it. And I think that's unfair to children. If you are going to be in a mixed relationship, the conversation needs to be had about you know, your, what each side, you know, your white side, your black side, your Asian side, your native side, 
whatever it is that should be taught. Um, I just learned like eight years ago, I didn't even know what an HBCU was. Okay. Right. Me neither. Yeah. I didn't even know what that was. I'm like, what's that? What's the HBCU? And the guy I was dating at the time, he was like, you kidding me, right? And I'm like, no. Right. He said, I'm not having this. I'm not having this conversation with you because I can't like I didn't deal with a lot of stuff that you don't know in the black culture. But you not knowing what that is is too much. Like, and I'm like, could you just tell me what it is, and then you know you can do whatever it is that you want to do. Um. So I do think that you know again, you know, the conversation need to be had, and children need to know both sides. They need to the com. You can't not have a conversation about race when you have mixed children in the middle. They need to understand what's going on to prepare them to go into the real world. You know what I'm saying? If they choose to, if they, like you said, you know, people, you know, they choose to be black or whatever they, you know, the other thing is, that's fine. Let them choose it, but have the conversation with them. That is definitely advice that I would give. Wow, that is so rich and that is so good. To those just joining the conversation, hey, welcome to Assorted Conversations. We're talking about interracial dating and marriage with the relationship and transformational life coach, Shatan Rogers, who is my guest on tonight. Um, That was so rich and so good. It is important that there is an open line of communication. I think that when we don't communicate, there's lots of misunderstanding and that can also lead to unnecessary trauma. So um, although there's a lot of progress, right, interracial couples still face unique challenges from societal prejudice, family disapproval, we talked about that, um, to cultural differences and relationship strains. These challenges are very, very real. So societal uh, prejudice. Microaggressions. People talk about microaggressions all the time now, like for the past couple of years, People have been talking about it. And so couples may experience subtle but harmful comments or actions based on stereotypes or ignorance. I can remember one time um, I was in um, the band in high school. And um, again, you know, I went to a predominantly Caucasian school. And so I needed a ride home. And one of the um, band members was like, oh, sure, I'll take you home. And so we were driving. He was like, you want some ice cream? I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so we stopped by a local ice cream place and I got out of the car first and I went up to go order um, my, or stand in line so um, to save my place because it was a long line. Um, and there was a Caucasian lady that was talking to me. And so we were laughing, giggling, talking about the weather and stuff like that. So then his name was Jonathan. So when Jonathan walked up, and she saw that he was with me, I guess she automatically thought we were dating. And then I turned to her to say something and she just gave me this look. And it was a look of disgust. And I was thinking to myself, number one, this is not my boyfriend. (laughs) And number two, I never experienced prejudice like that. Like all of a sudden she just switched because she thought that me and this guy were together when it was just a friendship thing, you know? And so, you know, in the world of microaggressions, 
I thought about that. I'm like, oh man, I experienced a microaggression back then. Like that was so crazy. Um, family disapproval. Um, Shatan, you're talking about your older family members. They may be more traditional um, with their views and that might conflict with couples choices, uh, cultural differences, communication styles like buried uh, cultural communication norms can lead to misunderstandings, um, not really understanding what's going on. Like in my family, my family is very inviting. Like when you walk into their home, they're gonna offer you a bottle of water. They're gonna offer you some fruit. They're gonna offer you something. And if you don't take it, it's like you're rejecting their kindness. That's just a cultural thing. Um, because my, again, my family is Nigerian. So that's just a like, you've got to take something, even if it's just a sip of water, like you're not really thirsty, but you know, just take the bottle of water, you know? So if I was to date someone outside of my race, I would let them know that like, you, we're going over here to my dad's house. He's going to offer you something, you know, just take it. <laughs> you might not drink it, but just take it because to him, that's him inviting you into his home and that's you accepting <laughs> so thought you laughing at me that's you accepting you know his his invitation because if you don't he's gonna talk about you like why are you dating this guy he's not even grateful that i am inviting him into my home he, he's definitely gonna talk about you so that's the communication style that i would um communicate to someone um, that I'm dating. Um, a relationship strain, extra pressure, navigating through societal changes can add additional stress to relationships. And then misunderstandings, cultural differences may lead to misunderstandings if not addressed through open communication. Hey, Miss Zizi, thank you for stopping by. I know you're busy. I appreciate you so much. Um, so yeah, those are the things um, that can be challenges that you might face um, being in an interracial relationship. So not, not everything is a challenge, though. There are numerous benefits to interracial relationships that foster cultural exchange, break down stereotypes, and promote diversity. Um, so the cultural exchange part is enriching experiences. Couples can learn about and appreciate each other's cultural backgrounds and traditions, um, exposure to diverse cultures, you know, different types of food, having a more open-minded and inclusive worldview. Um, personalized narratives, interracial couples um, challenge and break down preconceived notions and stereotypes about people from different racial or ethnic backgrounds, also promoting diversity. Um, blended families, interracial marriages often result in families that embrace a mix of cultural traditions, fostering or a diverse and inclusive family environment. So Shatan, have you ever worked with anybody or you yourself um, in a blended family, has have they ever talked about learning new things about their partner, or you know, being in uh, an inclusive family environment? Has have you come across anything like that? Um, again, um, you know, Ursula, this is so new to me um, because I just had such a block when it came to interracial um, dating. Um, so I really, you know, did not allow myself to even be um, around people. And people used to laugh at me like, girl, how you so judgmental when it comes to, you know, a biracial background when that's your background? Like, you know, how you going to be so judgmental on that? But I just had such a bad taste in my mouth about it just because I know uh, what it's like to go through. So. 
I never allowed myself to be around people like that. And even, you know, when people, you know, uh, men that wasn't black, um, you know, would try to talk to me, I would just be ignorant as hell. And I would just tell them, I don't do white men. Okay. Like I just, I don't, (laughs) (laughs) I would just, I would just be honest and I would just say it. I would just speak it. Um, you know, I and it, it, you know they'd be like, "You don't do white men." I'm no, I don't. You know, so you, you can keep it moving, um, because I don't, I don't do that. So I really didn't allow all of my experiences was basically the experiences that I went through with mine. Um, I have, you know, I never really let myself um be around that, and you know, again, I'm. I'm working through it still, you know, because this was, I carried that around for like, you know, like 45 years, you know, not having a, having a problem with interracial um, dating. And so that is something that I'm still healing um, because I was just traumatized so much from it. And it was wounds that needed healing uh, from being in that environment and the way that I was treated you know, in the communities. And surprisingly, I was accepted more in the white community than I was by my black peers. Oh, wow. That used to to hurt me so much because my black peers is who I, to me, I related to. Um, And so that was a lot of trauma that I had to clear up. You know, like it was deep, deep trauma um, from what I had to deal with from the black community. Um, it was, it was hard and it was, it was hurtful. Um, and so I'm still, I'm still healing, you know, my coach and my energy healer, um, they still taking me through this because it's layers and layers and layers of trauma, uh, from that. And I, I don't want to have that mindset you know, that people can't be with who they want to be with. You be, you, you be with who you want to be with. You be with who you, you know, who your heart wants, who you love. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't, you know, I want to be able to say that, you know, I don't want to judge people, you know, by the color of their skin. I don't want to do that, you know? Um, So I, so basically I can't answer that question, girl, because I don't know. It's all good. (laughs) I wouldn't allow myself to, to be around. Um, you know, other interracial. Right. And I think for me, um, because I did grow up in a Caucasian environment, like I'm more accepting and just um, because I sometimes I, I felt like I wasn't accepted by the environment that I was in. Um, I want people around me um, to feel more accepted. So I don't think if I did go that route, um, of dating somebody outside of my race, I don't think it would be an issue for me personally because of what I went through growing up. Um, but it is important that before we're in any type of relationship that we are uh, completely whole because we can't, I think a lot of times we look to other people to complete us. Um, and um, for me, I'm learning that I can only really be com- completed um, by God. Um, I can't look to another person uh, to complete me, that I am complete in God because God created me. So um, once that is recognized, I'm able to be, I'm able to show up fully 
um, for my partner. And, and that's what I'm working on because I want to be able to show up for the person that God has for me. So amazing, amazing discussion. Thank you for everybody for listening. We're almost done. Thank you for your patience. So um, there are some successful interracial couples that we know that are celebrities. Um, their platforms are usually addressing racial injustice and promoting inclusiveness, excuse me. Um, one of the couples that came to mind, of course, is Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. You know, they faced intense media scrutiny and racial biases. They use their platform to address racial injustice and promote inclusivity. And they embrace each other's backgrounds, fostering a multicultural environment for their family. Um, another couple is Serena Williams and Alexis Ohanian. Um, they navigate through cultural differences with openness and respect. They support each other's in individual successes, combining their strengths as a couple, and they showcase a positive image of an interracial family in the public eye. Serena does do videos with um, her daughter. I believe she has a daughter on Instagram, and um, they're so cute together. And it's like, wow, they made a pretty baby. <laughs> and that's another thing in my research. I found out that interracial children, people perceive interracial children as more beautiful than mono-race children, which was very interesting. Um, so in conclusion, the journey of interracial relationships involves both enriching experiences and challenges, love, respect, and understanding serve as a universal principle that can strengthen any relationship, fostering unity and acceptance, regardless of racial or cultural differences. Embracing these values not only benefit the individuals involved, but contributes to a more inclusive and passionate society. So the big takeaway, I think, from this conversation is that if you do decide to be in an interracial relationship, that you leave the lines of communication open. Communication, communication, communication. And I know Shatan, you can um, attest to that being a um, relationship coach, that um, if you don't communicate, then everybody is left with a question mark on their face. And we don't want that. You know, you got to ask the question. I remember being in one of your rooms. I can't remember the saying, <laughs> but I, it, it was basically like, you got to communicate. Like, if you don't communicate, are we dating? What are we? You know, <laughs> you, you don't know. One person thinks you're dating and the other person's like, I'm just kicking it. Like, there's miscommunication. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's mm -hmm. important that we have communication. So thank you, Ms. Shatan, so much for coming and being my guest. I appreciate you so, so much.